of Avatar The Last Korra. I'm Hannah. And I'm David, and it's the day of the invasion. We're in, we're doing the invasion now. <laughs> it's finally happening, guys. I can't even believe it. Do, do you remember, like, when this, like, event was being, like, marketed and, and oh, you know, yeah. watching the promos for it? Oh, I mean, yeah. This, I, I, I don't know. I was pretty young. I, 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 could, I would have thought that this could be, like, the end. Like, I wasn't sure. Yeah. That maybe they would just spring the finale on us without telling us. I mean, like, that was the thing. is like, they were hyping it up so much. And, like, it's supposed to be Aang's confrontation with the Fire Lord. And, you know, as kids, you don't know about season orders. You know, like, we didn't go online and look up. Right. Like, how many... We also don't know about, like, <laughs> basic story structure. Which is that if you have, like, a big invasion plan on a specific day, it's destined to go awry. <laughs> Right, you've told us too much information now. There's not a the stakes have been certainly raised, but the tension has been lowered. Uh, right. So yeah, but but they still do a great job uh, with with the entire day of Black Sun, uh, which is the day of the eclipse. Of course, uh, that Sokka found out about in the library. I mean, first things first, we have we have to gather our our army, right? Yes, we've we're we're re. Gaining all of the various minor characters that you forgot about from season one. Oh, uh, everybody's favorites. Well, I mean, I like them all. <laughs> Pipsqueak, the Duke. The Duke. The, the Mighty Mighty Hippo. Teo's pretty great. Uh, the, the Mechanist and his kid the, with the wheelchair. Teo, that's his the name. The Swamp Benders. But yeah. here's my question. Yeah. Where is Sneers? Where is Sneers? Justice or... for Sneers. <laughs> Sneers, where have you gone? So I looked it up, and actually, Sneers does get a comic for some reason. No way. Sneers gets like his own comic and a girlfriend, and the My girlfriend gosh. is like a firebender, and he's you know Whoa. Earth Kingdom, and there's wow. like conflict. I <laughs> I guess Sneers got justice only after Korra was over. So yeah, yeah. Well, Sneers gets his justice, so we can all rest <laughs> easy now. Um, the other notable thing, uh, Haru has a mustache now, guys. Do you remember Haru back from uh, right. season and one? And his dad's there, too. His uh, dad's there, yeah. Yeah. But he always had a mustache. He did. A great big beard. But now Haru's into it, too. Uh, all right, yeah. So basically everyone shows up, uh, and Sokka's supposed to deliver the, the invasion plans, but he gets stage fright. He's bad at public speaking. <laughs> All of right. A sudden. I mean, I think that's pretty legit because he does sort of present himself as the leader, but he's always just you know one of the guys. Also, yeah. like he's not he's not a big bold leadery type. Uh, but he's given a lot of speeches before and done public speaking. But I also understand like putting has all the he pressure given on himself. Speeches before? I can't really think of a time that he has. Yeah, he for sure has. I mean, he's mostly just talking to his friends, being like, all right, here's the plan, you guys. We're going to go over here, and then we're going to blow these rocks around. It's going to be great. Like, that's his deal. I mean, he gave a little informative speech to the, the Water Tribe guys back in, in Season 1 and schooled them on what's what about the Fire Nation. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, he he was like, yeah, I've got some info. But that's really just him going, um, actually, which is way more his style. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to, like, giving, like, a big, bold speech, which is his dad's style, or, or even Katara's style more than his. 
I mean, Katara is right. the speech giver. Yeah. Right. But, but you know, Aang consoles him. He's like, you know, you did great. You made an amazing plan. But, you know, your victory is going to be out there, not public speaking. That's everyone's number one fear. Right. That's the, that weird factoid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so then they all go to do... Well, there's an epic suit up. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody gets on their non-Fire Nation outfits, and Aang shaves his head yeah. and poses like Moses. Gets a new glider. Yeah. Appa gets some cool armor. Yeah. Pretty fun. So now he's, like, fully back to Avatar yeah. strength, except he can't go into the Avatar state. Right. Uh, that little tidbit. Yes. Um... Meanwhile, I guess I want to do this one kind of chronologically as opposed to how we normally do it, because it's so huge. Yeah. Meanwhile, did we talk about Swole Iroh? Oh, God, did we totally forget to talk about Swole Iroh? No, we had to have. Well, if we didn't, uh, Iroh is swole now. (laughs) He's been silently just doing secret push-ups whenever anyone's not looking. He's just been doing... He's been doing secret CrossFit in his dungeon cell. And he became, like, a monster. Like, not just, like, impossible to hide, like, John Cena-sized monster. (laughs) (laughs) Great. But there's, like, this one guard lady who's really nice to him, and she brings him, like, tea and, like, an extra helping of rice, and he's like, hey, maybe you should go home today. (laughs) Guess who she's played by? Who? Serena Williams. No way. Way. That's... What a weird guess. She's a fan of the show. She, like, called him up. I love that. Probably at, like, the beginning of season two, being all like, hey, can I, can I be in the show? And then her job is to come in, be BFFs with with Iroh, and then Iroh be like, Serena, go home. You need some rest. I think that's pretty pretty cool. I mean, I'd love it if that was my cameo role in Avatar. That's amazing. Yeah. And then Zuko... He like deprinces himself. Yeah. Like, how would you describe? Like, how would you describe? Yeah, him? no, just... he he's taking off all of the. He does the opposite of a suit of princehood. Yeah, yeah. He strips himself down. He's he's become one. He doesn't need all the uh, the trappings of royalty. Yeah. He writes like a sorry May letter. Yeah. Where it's just like sorry May. So I mean I guess it's kind of set up, but it's just no. Like, they've set it up. But boy, like he. I mean he really is. You know he is confirmed that this is his plan. He's gonna leave. He's gonna yeah. break his uh, uncle out of prison. And he's going to join the Avatar and teach him firebending. Mm-hmm. He's decided. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the, the, something that I only thought of this time that I was watching was, like, so he knows that the invasion's happening, right? Yeah. They all do. They all do, because he was at the war meeting. Yeah. Which is probably when it was discussed that they were like, yeah, you know, we should get in the bunker. <laughs> Yeah. Because there's a bunker, apparently. There's a giant bunker underneath the fire palace, which is, like, inside a volcano. Yeah. Seems like a weird place to put your palace. Well, it's they're pretty much immune to heat, so, you know. It's... But they're not immune to volcanoes, as we've seen with the fire sages. Like, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah. It's bad if it explodes or, or something. <laughs> uh... Seems weird to put your seat of government just, like, in a volcano. Right. It's like, tempting fate worth the risk question mark (laughs) yeah anyway uh we're getting ahead of ourselves so zuko's preparing to to leave his family um and you know ang Ang and katara 
uh, and everybody else get in their boats and are are sailing towards the the Fire Nation, uh, and then a flaming net comes up. Right. Well, they, it's the... this was a weird bit because they were like, "We're approaching the great gates of Azulan," and they're like, uh-huh. I, "I I don't, I don't see, see any gates. gates," so they don't know what the great gates of Azulan are, but they know where they are. They know where they are, and they know that they're penetrable from beneath. I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it might. have... In any case, the great gates of Azulan are invisible. But then they raise them, and it's like a big net that they set on fire. Yeah. So that's cool. But Sokka thought up subs. <laughs> right, he invented the submarine. Um, well, he came up with the idea, and then he sent it over to the mechanist, who did the actual hard work. Right, he, he drew a picture of a whale with waterbenders inside, and they said, <laughs> Oh, I get it, like a metal whale, which is yeah. kind of what a submarine is. Yeah, and it's basically what these submarines look like. Uh, and then the the submarines surface somewhere, I guess. Right. I guess it makes sense. I like the idea. Like, yeah, they probably could invent, like, a submarine-ish thing with waterbending. And I like that it, it can't, they can't make air the way that submarines do, which is by yeah. literally, like, electrolysis separating the hydrogen and oxygen from the water. Yeah, so they have to come up and surface and, and get some more air before they, they go in for the final attack. Right. Um, They've also got ice torpedoes, they, right? Cause yeah, they need the to ice torpedoes are, are great. I love the ice torpedoes. Right. Um, the thing that I was more confused at technolog- technologically was like the tank things that come out once they do actually land on the shore. Yeah. But, like, the Fire Nation also has tanks, so it's kind of like, eh, alright. Right, but first of all, it's like, so these tanks, they're like weird caterpillary things with, yeah. like, rock wheels but metal tops. Mm-hmm. Am I d- describing this right? No, that's that's about correct. Um, and I then it's mean, just like, like what makes it lift up in, in the air and then, like, when it can sometimes, like, wrap around, like, a turret I and mean, squish it? Earth- yeah, well, I mean, the squishing makes sense, because the earthbenders can just squish the wheels, like, towards each other. But then, like, okay. the the lifting up part, my right. guess... Right, like, shouldn't they all just tumble backwards? Stories. Like, doesn't that throw yeah. off their stance? Yeah, maybe they're, like, hooked in somewhere. Strap yeah. in, folks! <laughs> um, they're suspended by bungee cords from the top. And then, like, more importantly to me, which might not be important to anyone else, is that, like, we didn't see the tank things inside of the submarine. Like, shouldn't everybody be, like, squished inside of a thing inside of a thing? Yeah. There's a lot of things inside of things. Right. You've made, like, it's one thing to invent a submarine. It's another thing to invent a submarine that has a tank inside of it, and you pilot the submarine while inside the tank. If that's what's happening. I don't think that's exactly it. I think there's at least a separate, like, pilot area, but... I mean, I just was confused by it, because it seemed like there wasn't, but it, I guess there must have been. <laughs> it's like a turducken, okay? They start off in the water ship, the water tribe ships, right? And then someone says, get get below decks. And by, yeah. they mean by that is go down into the submarine. So right. they go down into the submarines. And then in the submarines, there's a scene later where they yell... 
get in the tanks. So they're in the the tanks are like inside the submarines. Right. I guess they're really big submarines. I truly don't know. Right, and really big boats too, bigger than they look. Yeah. It's bigger on the or inside. Or the boats. <laughs> My thought with the boats is that they were just like connected at the bottom or something. Like the the submarines were in inside the boats. Right. Yeah. It's just a big hole in the boat. This is totally makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, before we land on the shore, there's yeah, the moment. The moment. This magic moment. <laughs> Killed uh, a lot of Zutara shippers' uh, hearts. Right. Well, not exactly, because she's kind of, like, just stunned. Well, I, well let's explain. So <laughs> Yeah, Aang and Katara kiss, guys. They have- Right, they have a moment where, you know, she's like, you know, we might not make it out of this. And he's like, you know, we really might not make it out of this. And then uh, he just, like, leans up and kisses her because she's still much taller than him. Um, And she's kind of surprised at first, but then she, like, leans into it. She's into it. And then Aang just, like, immediately opens his glider and flies away. Yeah, like a man. (laughs) I've kissed a woman, I'm ready for battle. I'm ready to kill the Fire right. Lord. I really wanted him to say the line that he said in Nightmares and Daydreams, where he said, <laughs> I really wanted to say, Baby, you my forever girl. <laughs> <laughs> that would have uh, that would have made it for me. And then she would just be like, what? That would have been pretty good. What? What? Am I forever? <laughs> yeah, so then that happens. Aang flies off, Katara gets below deck, and uh, the attack commences. So I guess Aang's job was to, like, fly into the center of the capital and just go straight for the fire Right, board. well, I mean, like, he's the only guy besides Appa who can just attack by air. Like, he, they right. can just bypass all of the defenses easily. So that's not a great strategy to just drop, like, one guy and say, all right, you, fight everybody. But but it does make sense to send him in to fight the Fire Lord, you know, as long as he has backup coming in behind him. Or to get that head start, because um, we also learn in this episode that the eclipse only lasts for eight minutes. So the invasion has to begin before. Right, so they all synchronize their watches. (laughs) No, time device. But they all know how to communicate in minutes, and it's not weird. <laughs> well, I'm sure they know minutes, because remember, there was the other the other timekeeping device. Uh, the candle. The candle. But, like, Sokka acted like no one had invented a clock before then, so... <laughs> okay, maybe. I don't and they, know. <laughs> they've talked... It's, a, it's honestly an Avatar plot hole, but it's not... It's a nitpick. It's nothing. I think it would be great if they, instead of having the timekeeping devices, just had a little candle next to them that occasionally went pop, 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 pop. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Just on Appa's back. Yeah. Just, just like, glued to his saddle. Just everybody... Oh, it's time for the eclipse. Everyone get your glasses on. Which I also invented, despite having never seen an eclipse and not knowing what the effects on eyes would be. I mean, who knows? Or maybe he's seen an eclipse before. I don't... Yeah. Couldn't say. Or, I mean, someone's seen an eclipse and there's some knowledge somewhere. Well, none of the firebenders have the glasses. So it's not like a universally known thing. I will say what's weird about this... Uh, attack is that it's got it's got people from the southern water water tribe, but are there are there waterbenders from the northern water tribe who are here at all? No, they couldn't get them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they're busy. <laughs> they're busy. They'll we'll come back later. Maybe they don't have a navy. 
anymore. I mean, they did get pretty slapped around during the invasion. Yeah, maybe now they just have their army and... They figured, you know, well... But you think they'd want to contribute at least one or two guys to, like, the thing that's going to kill the Fire Lord, you know? I don't know. I would think so. I mean, we have very few waterbenders around and a lot of people with pikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and this is where we see the the ice torpedoes uh, at this point because they blow up some gates to get in. Yeah. And... Uh, they, they land on the beach, and the caterpillar tanks are, I don't know, they're pretty cool. I like them. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure how that works. There's a lot of there's a lot of kicking ass at this point. There's this so point. much ass kicking. The, I mean, it's like, this is why it kind of almost feels like a finale, because it is like the war. Yeah. Like, we've been promised this whole time that, well, there's a war going on. I don't know if you're aware. And this is the war. This is it. This is the fighting. But we have very few, like, military-type battles. We have, you know, yeah. like, one, you know, naval battle earlier in this season. We've got the battle for the Northern Water Tribe. And that's, mm -hmm. like, basically it, as far as, like, military versus military. Yeah. Yeah, that is... So this is, like, the promise of... I mean, you know, Avatar's not just an adventure story. It's a story of... Rebels fighting a war against, uh, you know, a powerful enemy. And so it's, now we've got people... It's a new hope. Yeah. So, you know, like, Sokka and Katara's dad is, is like, a badass. Like, yeah. fighting pikemen with just kung fu and swords. And, yeah. you know, that's, like... That's just cool. I, it's fun to watch. I like it. No, yeah, and I I love the whole um you know water tribe family getting to ride around on Appa together and kicking ass as a unit. It's pretty fun. Yeah, well they do that because like they would have just kept going on foot, I guess. Mm -hmm. But then they were like, we got to take out those battlements. Yeah, because they're shooting us. Yeah, they're launching rockets and fire arrows or whatever. Uh, and, but during, during this, Sokka's and Katara's dad gets hurt. Oh no. So now Sokka has to set up, step up and, and lead everyone. Uh, right. This, w this is like one of those weird moments where I feel like the stakes are kind of confusing. Yeah. He's like, I'm hurt. <laughs> okay. You're, you're not unconscious. You're not dying. Uh, so why can't you lead? What does leading mean in this I case? Mean, I guess it means being on the front line and being able to dodge attacks and, and call out orders. Right, but that's not what leaders do typically. They normally hide in the back and then they bark orders to people. Yeah. And then, you know, the only leadery thing that Sokka does is he's like, I'll lead the invasion. Wedge! Yeah. Everybody wedge! <laughs> He does come up with the wedge formation when it when it looks like right. But how is that fire. not just something they were already doing? Well, that's why they need a leader, David. And that's like his main leadery thing. And then the next leadery thing that he does is retreat. Well, right. Well, no, it's not. It's the opposite of retreating. Oh, what does he do? It's well, okay. Well, the next thing that happens is that we see what Aang's doing this whole time. Yeah. Which is wandering around an empty city because everyone's gone. The Fire Lord's not home. Where'd he go? <laughs> yeah, he's like, knock, knock, who's there? Nobody. Yep. Uh-oh. Uh, so then he flies back and he's just like, hey, there's nobody. Yeah, that's basically how part two opens is Aang flying back to be like, oh, hey, Hakoda, looks like you're not dead. Great, love that. 
Um, the Fire Lord's gone. He's not there. And so Sokka is just like, oh, it's a bunker. They're in a bunker. It's got to be where they They're are. They're in a bunker. And it's like, well, he's just going off of instinct. But that's his next, like, leadery move. Yeah. And he asks his dad for permission. So how is that being a leader? I don't understand. I don't know, man. It sounds like his dad is leading and he's just, like, the, you know, the sort of corporal or, you know, maybe... You know, something below a general going like, General, can we do this? I guess. But, but you know, his dad's not really coming up with ideas. He's he's just sort of letting everyone else come <laughs> right. up with I'm the ideas. Right. I'm saying he's a bad leader, but he's still clearly the leader. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Um, but yeah, so Katara stays with her dad to help him and, and everyone else still fighting in the harbor and fighting their way uh, up towards the volcano. Um, and then Sokka, Toph, and Aang take Appa back up to the volcano, and Toph is like, yep, there's for sure a bunker under there, uh, but there's also a ton of magma, so I'm gonna lead us through the tunnels. Well, the, I, the whole thing of this sequence is just that, like, Toph is really carrying this group, and we've established that before. Yeah. I mean, she puts the team on her back. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, so she senses the whole tunnel complex, she's leading, and... She's busting through metal doors and, you know, sensing movement and being a lie detector. All the things that she can do. Yeah, Toph is definitely the star of Day of Black Sun Part 2. Um, but Aang does fly them over that lava pit. Right. Flight? That's good. <laughs> I don't know if, like, would it be impossible for her to just, like, build a bridge or, or something? But, I mean, I'm I sure it would be more difficult than just flying yeah but i'm just saying like Toph could basically lead this invasion by herself if she wanted yeah she's a one-man army but yeah so they're they're in there they they see a guy strolling by and they're basically like tell us where the fire lord is and he's like he's over there and he's like oh, i got him because <laughs> it's not the fire lord it's azula Dun, dun, dun. And by this point, the the uh, eclipse has started, right? And we're in it. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, taunts them with her Azula wit, as usual. Um, and, you know, she, she gets a great line about uh, lying to Toph, that she's like a giant seven-foot purple spotted platypus bear. Right. Like, the joke is, you know, Toph being able to be, like, a lie detector that's always 100% right is kind of, like, an overpowered thing in terms of, like, solving a mystery. Uh-huh. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like that show Lie to Me. Like, it didn't last very many seasons because you run out of ways for people to, to like... Lie to him. Lie, and then <laughs> you just know that they're lying. And yeah. That, it makes you solve the crime. Uh, but, yeah, so she says... I'm a pretty good liar, so I guess, you know, Toph's lie detector isn't perfect. Yeah. So there. <laughs> so there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then the Dai Li show up, and there's a cool fight sequence with Azula, because she can't do firebending right now, so the Dai Li sort of have to right. do all the, the aggressive stuff for her. Well, it's funny, because at first she's, like, trapped in rocks, and then she just, like, breaks out of it, and you're like, what the heck? Is Azula <laughs> just that powerful? Or is she an earthbender now? Yeah. And it's like, no, the Dai Li were right the there the whole time. It was time. them the whole time. 
Um, and then there's a fun fight sequence with Sokka, Aang, and Toph against Azul and the, the Dai Li. Yeah. Um, but and... of course, metal bending beats earth bending every time. Yeah. you can just trap them in metal and then they're done. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Toph kicks the Dai Li's ass, again, carrying the team. Um, and then she also realizes that Azula's, like, playing with them, and is just trying- Or no, is that Sokka who does that? Sokka realizes. Yeah, and then Toph sort of, you know, is like, yeah, you're right. So what do we do? And they're like, <laughs> I guess we just leave her and try to find the Firelord? I don't know. Uh... But then she she taunts Sokka a second time, uh, and and basically dangles Suki in front of his face, and so he, of course, has to uh, interrogate her rather aggressively about what she's done with Suki. Give us Suki right, back. Which surprising that we haven't really addressed this in an entire season, given that we know that the, uh, the Kyoshi and friends attacked the Kyoshi warriors and took their uniforms. Yeah. So, I mean, my assumption would be that they're dead. <laughs> um, but I guess Saga didn't really think that through. Right. Uh, as I didn't when I had watched the show. Because uh, I just figured kids show, nobody's going to be dead. Yeah. So, okay, they're prisoners. Yeah. Sweet, I like I it. I mean, pretty much everyone on Avatar gets taken prisoner, you know, for for the most right. part. Well, they're very honorable. I mean, literally, honor is, like, their whole deal. Yeah. The Fire Nation. So they're not going to kill somebody who's defenseless and captured. Mm-hmm. At least, yeah, you hope they are. <laughs> um, which is exactly what happens, like, at the end of this episode. The adults all agree to stay behind and be prisoners of war. Yeah, basically, that's that's how the episode ends. Um, but before we get there, uh, you know, we get a great scene where Zuko confronts his dad. Um, and, you know, part of it happens during the eclipse where he's like, listen, dad, you suck. Uncle Iroh's way better than you. I'm leaving, and I'm going to train the Avatar, so screw you, dad. Um, and it's a good speech, and, you know, it, it talks about, uh, propaganda, and everyone likes to use it when talking about America right now, so that's fun. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just literally he's saying, like, hey, you know, people don't like it when you try and conquer them. Yeah. It's no fun. War is not just, and trying to spin it that way sucks. Uh. Some wars are just, this one less yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get... Uh, you know, he's about to like leave and be like, "I'm I'm bigger than this, uh, uh, Ozai. I'm bigger than this, father." But then his dad is like, "You know, oh yeah. Well, uh, I bet you want to know where your mom is. What about your mom?" <laughs> I just love that we get to see the Fire Lord and Azula doing the same thing, like as each other. You right, know, running out the clock on this eclipse. On this thing. Yeah. Because they know that it only lasts eight minutes somehow. Yeah. I, I don't know how everyone knows this. I guess it's just sort of like math. Like this is how long the, this is how fast the sun the, moves. The earth rotates. Yeah. You know, it's not gonna, this is how fast the, uh, the moon is rotate is, uh, orbiting the earth, etc. Right. 
I don't know. I guess it makes sense. Um, yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. But I, I mean, does what it, what new information is actually revealed here? Because we get most of this information through flashbacks in Zuko alone, right? That his mother is the one who came up with the alternative to killing Zuko, um, and that she did vicious, treasonous things that night. <laughs> Right. Like, it's like, they can't even say it. Right. Like, yeah, she killed... The Fire Lord. She killed a guy. Yeah. Like, come on, Nickelodeon. Like, yeah, we know that death exists. <laughs> We're dealing with a war, currently. A war of extermination. Like, all of the airbenders are dead, so you can't just say, your mother murdered your grandfather <laughs> to secure me the throne. Right. Like, it's, it's, there's less crazy things that have aired on television. And in fact, there's much worse things that have aired in Korra than someone saying, I murdered someone, or someone else murdered someone else. Um, but alas, this is how we, it's all innuendos. But uh, I guess we learned that she was banished instead of killed. Yeah. Which I guess that's just the, the fire, the fire bender way as well, is they take prisoners of war and they banish. Yeah. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of capital punishment, honestly. For their own citizens, at least. <laughs> or for other citizens, they just capture them and take them prisoner, mostly. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so uh, then he's like, "But you know, for you, I'm gonna just kill you here where you stand." And then he shoots lightning at him. But Zuko. Right. It's the first redirected lightning since Iroh introduced the concept. Yeah. He does it. He redirects his nice. dad's lightning and sets some stuff on fire so his dad can't run after him, I guess. Um, even though, you know, <laughs> the bending is back on, right. as Azula it's, puts it. The bending's back on. Um, <laughs> I, which I love. Oh, sounds like the bending's back on. Um, so then she breaks out of the the prison that, it's not even a prison, Toph just like earthbended her hand to the wall. Um but she breaks out of that, basically retreats. Everyone else decides, yeah, we should retreat too. We gotta call this one a loss. Um, and then outside... Zuko runs to go break uh, Iroh out of jail, <laughs> only to find. <laughs> seriously, he has just done it himself. Yep, he he broke out of jail. And the bars are all like melted and fucked up and twisted. And uh, it's it's... Pretty intense, and it leaves it up to the imagination what so, happened. Like, I'm assuming that he, like, fire-bent the gate open when the the eclipse started, and then just kind of, like, beat everybody up with his Yeah, fists. like, that's my guess, is that he just, like, superheated the metal, and then, like, f like, busted out of there right before the eclipse happened, and then, yeah, just, just... <laughs> punishered his way out of there. <laughs> yeah, so Iroh's free. Uh, meanwhile, back on the battlefield, uh-oh, the hot fire hot air balloons that back from season one, they're, they're here now. Yeah, isn't that crazy that we set it up way back then? Yeah. And it hasn't come back until now because they've just been building these massive fire zeppelins? Well, I like love the way they're revealed, though, because it starts off with just the regular cloth uh, air balloons. We've got, like... Five or right. six of those and then that the pop up. is there to be like, no, my invention. Right. And then just these giant, like, dir metal dirigibles, like, fly out into, 
interview. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's just, it's a lot. The big Zeppelin. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, basically everyone's like, retreat. And they get back to the, to the beach and it, it, it's, it's not going to work. Uh, no one's, no one's going to be able to get together. Well, what happens is the, the, the Zeppelins, you think they're going to like turn around and come bomb them again and just kind of circle over them, bombing them until they all die. But instead they just go right past them and blow up all of their submarines. So. Which is like a good. Good thinking. Like that's a good, good tactic. tactic. Um, so yeah, they have no means of escape. Because that's something you got to be aware of. You got to protect your battlements, but you also got to protect your your transportation. Otherwise, you're stuck there, like it's like it's Dunkirk. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you you always got to protect the escape route. Which you know they had some guys on the beach. The the yeah swamp well, they were benders. trying. They're trying their darndest, but there's a lot of zeppelins, a lot of bombs. Yeah. So instead. They're all going to go, the adults are going to stay yeah. behind and be prisoners of war because we have to get them out of the story because they're, you know, they're more talented than the kids, but they, we, we don't like them as characters. They're bad characters. So I believe, I believe this is <laughs> right. a series wrap on Bato, the Mechanist, Pipsqueak, Haru's dad, the Boulder, and the Hippo. I think that's the last we see of any of them. No, we have to see them I again at the very like end, no. right? Like I'm, in the celebration I'm scene, I swear we do. No, we'll have we'll to see. check. If it's if not, it's a series wrap on those people. It's not even it's not even the worst jail. You know, no. they go to like a regular jail. They go to the comfort right? inn of jails. Right. They don't even get the, the newly refurbished room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So then we've got Ang and some of the kids flying away on Appa, and you know he gives a tearful goodbye. Oh, but before they do that, Ang like. Thanks everyone for their sacrifice, and it's like it's supposed to be moving, but it's also like yeah, but this sucks. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. Thank you. Yeah, so I mean, I guess as far as like Sokka being in charge, yeah, he told them to get in wedge formation. <laughs> then he said, "Let's stay and fight." When they found out that the uh, firebenders knew they were coming, mm -hmm. and then. Later on, when the when the balloons come out, he's like, "All right, we're calling it. We're not gonna stay and fight. No bad idea. We're gonna surrender." Yeah, or retreat. Um, yeah, so not a great time for Sokka. Well, I mean, only some of them can retreat. Most of them surrender. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so then they they fly away and they're heading for the Western Air tam Temple and uh, then we see Zuko in a war balloon just following them but but like one of the little but red we ones. Don't, what we don't see is that I'm I think Combustion Man is following Zuko in a balloon behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we don't see it, but like based on the events of the next episode, like that has to be true, right? That has to be true. <laughs> He's like right there. Um, yeah. So so yeah. Let's talk about uh, episode twelve, the Western Air Temple. Right. So I mean, you got to remember there was like a big gap, I think, between be between the airing of of uh, Day of Black Sun and this, right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like massive, but there was definitely a gap. I mean, it was like, oh man, we're we're preparing for the push to the end of the series. Was yeah. how it felt, and like you know, oh my god, I can't believe that they just left us on that cliffhanger. 
But then right. you guys get the benefit of, you know, we're just jumping right in. We're just uh, doing it. And we're regrouping. Getting crazy. And we're coming up with a new strategy immediately. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's what they're all trying to do. Uh, everyone's trying to pressure Aang into figuring out how to learn firebending and come up with a plan. Um, while So so here, here's everyone we're left with at this point. We've got Aang, Sokka, Katara, and Toph. Then Haru, the Duke, and Teo, who's the kid in the wheelchair. <laughs> and that's it. Like, that's the entire, like, resistance at this point. Um, and I love it. Yep, we've got literally a literally a child with no powers, uh, literally a guy in a wheelchair uh, with no powers of any kind <laughs> or skills. Uh, he can, he can fly. Kind of glide. He can glide. He can right? glide. It's falling with, this... with style, to, to quote Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, and uh, an Earthbender and, who can't yeah, metal bend. Just a just a good old fashioned regular Earthbender. Yeah. So it's not a great invasion. For <laughs> no, it's truly not. Um, and and now, okay, we didn't describe the Western Air Temple though. It's a cool. It's it is so cool. we've seen all three other Air Temples. Um, two of them got their own episodes: the Southern and the Northern. And the Eastern Air Temple was featured in the Guru. And then this is the West, which is unlike all of those. It's upside down, built inside into a cliffside in a way that would not be uh, possible given the technology that they have. <laughs> I mean, there's, like, they could have commissioned it from some earthbenders, you know? No, I'm sorry. You cannot build a building upside down. It doesn't work that way. Because the whole thing that makes a building work is that everything's stacked on top of each other. Yeah. It does not have a tensile strength, you know? Unless but you've I got, mean, like, you carve cables it of metal to secure it. It's but, not going to work. But what I'm saying is if an earthbender just carved it, that way. No, rocks don't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a cool idea, and it looks great, whether or not it's, it's realistically cool. possible. Um, it's, it's Mondo cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're all hanging out there, and the writers... This is the writers' favorite trick to do with Haru, Teo, and the, the Duke, is to just have them go, let's go explore this part of the temple and run away so that they don't have to deal with them. <laughs> um, so they go to do that, and then Zuko shows up and has a flashback about wanting to find the Avatar. Yeah, and might I just say that... The Zuko horn theme hits different now. You know, the one that goes like... Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. You know that one? Yeah, yeah. Wait, how it does hits it different. What, what's the difference? It just feels so different now that he's, like, on the side of good, but he's, like, emo about it. <laughs> yeah, it just feels just kind of needlessly emo a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I, I, this is like his. This is the episode where Zuko tries to convince everyone that he really has like had a change of heart and doesn't want to be like a bad guy anymore. And I, and I love the little speech because um, you know Aang is being like I don't angsty. want to be the bad guy anymore. Megamai. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like it's Aang's turn to be kind of angsty and uh, is it, it, kind of like. Who would I even get to be a firebending teacher? And then it cuts to Zuko looking directly into camera and saying, Hello, Zuko here. And it's great. And gives like a little speech awkwardly about how he's qualified. To a frog. To a frog. To a to a badger, toad, or whatever. 
Um, yeah, we haven't had too much Zuko comic relief up to this point because he's so self-serious. But like, especially in this season. Yeah, even in this season, like you know, even on you know uh, Fire Island or whatever the place was called, <laughs> it was not called Fire Island. Ember Island. But. Ember Island, that's it. No, that wasn't it. Was yeah, it? it is. It's Ember Island. Because it's the Ember Island players later. It's Ember Island. Okay, well, uh, in any case, he, this is the first time that we see him really cutting loose. Uh, yeah. And so he does an impression of Uncle Iroh and an impression <laughs> of Azula as to what kind of advice they would give. I, can I, I... I wrote down the quote from uh, when he's trying to do uh, Iroh. It's so good. Zuko, you have to look within yourself to save yourself from your other self. Only then will your true self reveal himself. Like, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's nailed a perfect impression. And then the Azula one, I think, even better. He's like, yeah. listen here, Avatar. <laughs> You're going to let me join your group or I'll do something unspeakable to you and your friends. Your choice. <laughs> And then he's like, I guess I'm not good at impressions. Meanwhile, the entire audience is going, no, Zuko, you nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Um, uh, so he, he shows up and basically does exactly what he said was not going to work. Yeah. He just says, hello, Zuko here. He's so awkward and it's adorable. Um, and everyone's right. very anti-Zuko, but like Aang They're is just like... calling him out on, you know, they have the receipts, you know? They're yeah. Calling... <laughs> Alright, Zuko, you did this to me, you did that. But then Katara's like, you stole my necklace and then used it to track me down. And I was like, Katara, you lo- you dropped your necklace <laughs> on the ground and he picked it up. <laughs> I'd oh. hardly call that stealing. <laughs> Technically, he returns it to you, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it wasn't for him, you would never see your necklace again. Right. Oh, God. So, okay. Like, <laughs> so that one doesn't count, by the way. But all the other ones. He's like, if you won't take me, you know, as a man, you know, take take if you won't take me as a friend, take me as a prisoner. And he's like, yeah. you know, chain me like, up, baby. No. I like it. <laughs> Get out of here. You have to earn <laughs> my chains. <laughs> Right. Oh, but that's that's after he he's like, yeah, I'm sorry I chased you all around the world, and I'm sorry I burnt down your village, and I'm sorry that I sent Sparky Sparky Boom Man after you. <laughs> well, no, I love it because he's like, I'm sorry I sent an assassin after you, and Sokka's like, you sent Combustion Man after us, and he's like, well, yeah, I mean that's not his name, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> and I just love it because we never find out Combustion Man's true name, but I just love the fact that there is one. You know, but 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 you, you forget the there's the most important you know person to decide whether Zuko can join the group is Appa, you know. <laughs> Appa, Appa does really him. like him, yeah. And I like the line where it's like, well, at least you know, in all the chasing after us, uh, you know, at least we can't add animal cruelty to the list of crimes, right? Um, <laughs> And it really reminded me of the community line where, where Britta goes, I can excuse racism, but I draw the line at animal cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it really is that. You I love it. You can excuse racism. <laughs> uh, um, oh, God, yeah. 
It's it's just great, like, watching these characters try to navigate their their pasts to, you know, we know they're gonna come together. Right. Well, they, I mean, they do really have no reason to trust him. I mean, yeah. it's like, they all had at least one moment where they were like, you know, maybe you're not so bad, Zuko, <laughs> and then he just completely proved them wrong. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you know, and like, Zuko, like, Zuko brings it back, uh, brings back to the fact that Aang once said, like, he thought we could have been friends, which is back in season one after, um... Yeah. And we almost totally made out in the caverns, Katara. Remember that? that? (laughs) And she's like, I do remember that, and I don't forgive you, Zuko. Uh, she's a woman Because you made me want to kiss you with your sexy scar. It was so rude. Um... (laughs) And then you caused my new boyfriend to almost die. How dare... Um, but anyway, Toph is the only one who hasn't really experienced a lot of the, like, Zuko being a piece of shit. (laughs) Like, most of Toph's experiences with Zuko have been him, like, trying to help them corner Azula in that one desert town when she, like, attacks Uncle Iroh. And then, like, I guess the final battle... But that's about it. <laughs> like, that's all of their interaction. And she wasn't even there, is the thing. Remember, she was upstairs on Appa. She was upstairs on Appa during the final battle? No, doesn't she? Oh, you're right, because it's mostly just Katara. Yeah. Fuck. So she wasn't even there. Yep, she was up, kept, you know, she was up getting getting the bear. Yeah, so most of Toph's experiences with Zuko have been, like, secondhand. Um, So, you know, she goes to try to talk to him in the middle of the night, and he accidentally burns her feet, and so there's all this misunderstanding there. And then Sparky Boom Boom Man attacks, and Zuko tries to, like, call him off, and is like, I'll, if you kill them, I won't pay you. If you won't, if you don't kill them, I'll pay you double. Please, stop. So um, what that says to me, work. and they never actually say this outright, but it, it seems to me that like Com- Combustion Man was never actually working for Zuko, but was actually working for Azula the whole time, yeah. or something to that effect. Like, yeah, because obviously Azula would have known that that Zuko would do that, that he would right. go to an assassin, and if this guy is like the assassin that you would mm-hmm. hire, like. I'm betting there you Azula go. got there first. Right. I mean, I, so, I think yeah, that's... yeah, of course uh, he's not going to listen to Zuko. I think that's a possibility. I think the other possibility is he's just fucking pissed off at them at this point. And is like, no, I'm just... He doesn't talk. <laughs> you froze my head. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> and so... Yeah, they continue right. on and uh, have a, a battle that they're losing until Sokka decides to throw his boomerang at Sparky, Sparky Boom Boom Man. And it hits him right in the third eye. Hate to see it. And uh, then he he blows himself up the next time he tries to shoot fire and his arm goes flying off. Which normally wouldn't be that big a deal. I mean, he's experienced explosions before, case in point, his arm and his leg. But he's on a cliff. He's a little precarious at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. So he just goes flying, and that's the so, last we see of, of him, and it's the last thing we ever learn about him, yeah, or his people, 
or anything to do with explosion bending or whatever you call it. Uh, yeah, because we don't learn anything more about it, even though it's in Korra, as we discussed last season. I guess the thing we learn is that also girls can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the least explained thing in Avatar, but such is life. Uh, so basically after that, Aang is like, listen, we saw what you did there, Zuko. That was mad baller of you. If you super, it was mad baller, if you super duper promised to behave, and I asked yeah. my friends well, he just says I had to, he's it. like, I had to go through a lot to be who I am today, so it's actually a good thing that I tried to kill you, because it's like all part of the journey, <laughs> and like, like, honestly, like, I'm just, fire is kind of dangerous, you know, yeah. like. So oh, that's right. maybe it's not even my fault that I burned you. It's really the fire's fault. Yeah. And then, you know, Aang's like, wait, you know oh, that fire is dangerous? <laughs> that makes you like the spiritual successor to Zhang Zhang, who also <laughs> talked about fire being dangerous. Oh my god. We should totally so you make have this to thing be happen. my teacher. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it is an interesting kind of through line that, like, okay, so he picks a waterbender teacher by basically just picking the first waterbender that he ever sees. <laughs> right. And then she becomes a master by training with, you know, his, her, her weird estranged grandfather, I guess. <laughs> Later to be step-grandfather. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, like, that's what she does. And then to find his earthbending master, he talks to the obvious choice for an earthbending master, Boomy. And Boomy's like, here's the secret code that will tell you who your teacher is. Right. <laughs> they have to wait and listen. And then he like is like, oh, Toph waits and listens. So she's my teacher. And then Zhang Zhang, I guess, also gave him a secret code. <laughs> that if somebody says the magic words, that means they're the teacher. Yeah. Yeah, it really does feel like that. Um, but yeah, so he's willing to accept Zuko, and Toph is like, yeah, I'll forgive you. Like, I know it was an accident about burning my feet. And Sokka's like, listen, I just want to defeat the Fire Lord. I don't care. Like, whatever. I'm pragmatic. It's my character trait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Katara's like, I fucking hate this guy, but fine. It's the best option we have right now. I'll threaten him privately later. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which if is what you she does. step one foot out of line, I'll kill you. <laughs> you won't have to worry about your destiny anymore, because I'll make sure it ends there and then. I'll kill you dead in your sleep. Yeah. Which is less terrifying. <laughs> pretty pretty scary. Especially considering that, like, she knows how to bloodbend. That's true. So we'll find out next time if Katara actually does kill... <laughs> Zuko. <laughs> kill Zuko. Meanwhile, in Korra Town... Oh, God, nothing happens. There, It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly nothing. I, I feel like we're not going to say that much about Korra this time, because it's literally, like, recap city. It's, yeah. it's Korra shows back up in Republic City. In right? the Air and Temple with Opal and the Air Kids. Then uh, there's some brief buddy comedy in the woods with Bolin and Varric, and they get captured by some earthbender, or not earthbenders, uh, firebenders and waterbenders who Kuvira is also rounding up because she's an earthbending purist, I guess, and is just racist. So then they escape with those guys because Varric does an EMP. Um, 
Then Korra has uh, reunites with Asami and blushes when Asami compliments her hair. Right. We've upped the shipping stakes. It's she says, uh, you know, Asami says, loving the hair, which, as we all know, you've ne- you would never say that to a female friend, right? Hannah, no, no, you no. Only I say mean, that to someone you were interested in, and then <laughs> Korra says, looking snazzy as always, which is how I flirt. So okay, but then she blushed. That's the thing. It's not that. Like, because on their own, they're not necessarily flirting, but, like, also, lesbians are really bad at flirting. Like, that's just, Well, like... I'm not ready to generalize that, but... <laughs> Fair I mean, enough. Every lesbian I know is better at flirting than I am, so... All right. The, the, the point being, like, the the blushing is really the tell. Yeah, you know? it's, it's the blush. It's the writers being like, this is, this is our tell. We're, yeah. we're not subtle. Yeah. Uh, but then they have dinner with Mako, who accidentally has to bring along Wu, um, and it's a weird, awkward For dinner. For hilarious comic relief. No, it's just very bad. Um, and then Asami gets mad that Korra has opinions about her seeing her dad again. Well, it's it's like the most insane exchange I've ever seen, because it's so expository, and it's all information yeah. that we already know. Right. So, like, you can't do this off screen or do it visually or something. It, or, or you know, if it's supposed to be a secret, have it be revealed in, like, a big spectacular thing. Instead, they're just like, uh, can you go into the Avatar state? Wait, you wrote Asami a letter? Wait, you met your father? You can't tell me what to do! Yeah. Uh, like, just insaneness. I don't understand. It's really weird. Then Wu goes to the bathroom and gets kidnapped. Um, and then when they're looking for him, uh, Cora just, like, sees a laundry cart and is like, oh, yeah, no, for sure, that's, he's in the laundry cart. <laughs> just, like, decides He senses it. her, his energy. Ugh. Well, no, he pops out of the laundry. No, but that's after he's in the truck already. She has to, like, walk over there and investigate before he pops. Like, she's, it's not like she sees, like, a hand hanging out of the laundry cart. It just is like, hmm, a laundry cart in a restaurant? Suspicious. Right. Um, anyway, so then there's a car chase, and it's dumb. Cora can and... track cars by putting her hand on a vine, because that's what she learned in the swamp. Yeah, she uses spirit forest roots to find Wu, um, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they they cat they. Wu gets transferred to another car when they lose the car briefly, and then he's at a train station, and then she can just touch the ground and sort of spirit sense Wu, which is weird. Um, so she does that. Wait, does that happen? Yeah, she. they're in the train station, and she just crouches down on the ground and, like, tries to spirit, like, uses the same spirit sense shit, but it's just on the ground. It's very right. weird. Wu's spirit is very deeply tied to her, much like you know, Kai and Janora in season three. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's dumb. Um, but they find him on a train. Cora and Mako are bickering this whole time because yeah. uh, it's just like old times. But yeah, so they, they find him on the train and then uh, they they take him out of like a treasure chest and he goes, am I dead? And she goes, no, you're on a train. <laughs> and it's a dumb line, yeah. but I like it and it making me laugh. That's a good line. I'm, I'm for it. Uh, and then there's a train fight sequence, uh, and then they save everyone, and it's fine. 
Um, but then the group... I mean, I'm so much more invested in the Bolin and Varric. Yeah, I'm just trying to, like, fast forward through this, because... But no, I just I love the it. resolution, because it's, uh-huh. like, Mako, Asami, and Korra standing around going, like, yeah, our friend group was pretty fucking toxic, wasn't it? <laughs> and they're like... <laughs> is that what the point, the takeaway is? I thought the point was, like, don't go away for eight months or we'll all yell at each other. And no, like, it was... Yeah. It was, like... They're like, sorry, we were all fighting so much. Amako's like, well, Cora and I were always fighting. And she's like, yeah, it was pretty bad. But now we're all mature, so it's fine. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> no one's more mature at all. They're all terrible, and I hate it. Then also, Mako's family is staying at Asami's place, and so they drop off Wu there so that right. he's safe, I guess. Um, meanwhile, Bolin yeah. and Varric are on their buddy adventure, which is much more entertaining. It's like it's so much better. It really works, honestly, and I, and I got to give it all the credit that it's due. Bolin and Varric together is a good team, you know. Yeah, because they're like it's like an actor and just like a, you know his crazy producer, you know. Well, it's right, like, and and I, I think don't know. it it also works because you know Bolin is the strong one. And kind of the, like, um, you know, a little bit more, like, down to earth, at least when Varric is in the mix. And, yeah, he's you know, the poor guy, he's from the streets, yeah. and Varric is the rich, pampered, you right, know, right. So, you know, type. Like, Bolin is the guy... A lot of good guy. contrast going on there. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, Varric is, like, the smart entrepreneur, you know, and, and so it, they get to play off of each other in this really fun way, and it just makes me mad that they, like, couldn't come up with any kind of dynamic for the actual brothers to have. Um, you know, well, like, I mean, they, I, I, again, I, I reject that. I think in season three, when they're together, it's a good dynamic. And, you know, even in season one, when they're together, it's a good dynamic. It's just season two was terrible. I don't know. It's, I just, I, I, and, and they spend so much of season one putting Mako with Korra to build up the romance. They didn't right. have enough time with just Mako and Bolin on their own. Right. It, it's a, it's a separate argument, but I really like when they're trying to bluff their way through this, you know, Kuvira, you know, border patrol right. thing. And, you know, like, Bolin comes in and he's like, I'm the actor. I'm playing a character. And, you know, Varric comes in like, I'm a crazy guy. I'm the con man. Get... I know how to put on a performance. Yeah, it works. And it's then, great. you know, of course, somehow they've already gotten, like, wanted posters there, even though they've only been missing, I think, for, like, a day. Yeah, I don't know. They've got, like, telegraphs and shit, so. Maybe they have fax machines? <laughs> I would not put no. it past this Avatar universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fax machines were invented around, like, when cars were, I think. Earlier, when no. trains were. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> um, yes, you're absolutely right, David. That's when fax machines were invented. No, no, I'm not joking. I, that's a real no, thing. No, they were not. Telegraphs were. Fax machines, no. Oh, well, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> One has pictures, the other... Wait, wait, let me... Wait, hold beeps. on. I think I'm right about this. I'm fax machine... Invented. Hold on. Fax machine invented 1843. Wow. Right, read them and weep, fellas. Wow. Read them and weep. No way. That's wild. Yeah, I'm not stupid. You're stupid. I am stupid. You're totally you're right. <laughs> I would you're not, not have guessed that. All right, you're on my trivia team. Next time, <laughs> we're able to leave the house for a bar trivia night. Um. All right. All right and then, and then. They're, we're not even done with recapping because there's a whole episode that's just recaps. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, sorry. One last thing about um, episode seven reunion is uh, Steve Bloom is also in it, um, and he he plays uh, one of the the refugees that that they're that Bolin and uh, Varric. Oh yeah, Varric I mean help. like he's a he's a multi talent, so you know he doesn't have to just play a mon. You know, he no, can come yeah, back and do a little bit. Yeah, it's great. But then it's great in the next episode, Remembrances, because he's there for the storytelling uh, section that Varric does. That right, he's playing two characters: <laughs> yeah. Zombie Amon and, <laughs> and random firebending prisoner guy. Yeah, it's fun though. Um, also, his character design looks kind of like Spike Spiegel, and it's and it's a nice nod. Um, anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about this stupid recap episode. It sucks. Uh, Mako... Well, okay, so, I mean, th- this episode, it's important that this episode exists because of a budgetary concern. I mean, at this point, Coral was not really making any money for Nick, uh, and... and No, it was almost relegated to online. Was it totally online at this point? By this point, it was entirely online, yeah. Ugh. Uh, that happened halfway through uh, book three, actually. Really? I mention it. Uh, yeah, yeah, remember? So, it's this season was entirely online, which I think was a good move, but the online advertising was always weird for it. It was the Rebel, uh, Nerf archery set for <laughs> girls. Okay. You remember this? Nope. I'm pretty sure I probably watched it illegally. Well, it made an impact on me because I was, like, I was, like, wilding out because it was, oh, shit, You've you've come up with a toy product that you can sell to to young girls. It's perfect, but it didn't make them any money. No, <laughs> so, it did nothing. In any case, it was just this total drain on them. But they had to finish it because the fans demand it, and so they were like, "Okay, you can do this big finale, but you've got to do one episode as a clip show." And they did. And this episode is like very efficient in its use of new animation to kind of make it feel like more than a clip show. Yes. But the problem is that the things that they're recapping are boring, and I don't care about them. Right, that's the problem. Is <laughs> that the show does not work. Maybe this whole series that we've done, you and I, has been a failure because apparently recapping Legend of Korra is really boring. Oh no, guys, have we have we just <laughs> fallen upon our own swords? <laughs> no, see, what makes ours good is that we're making fun of it, which is yeah. why the Varric segment works. Yeah. It's, it's making fun of the show. Well, and that's also what's gonna work about the the recap episode um, that that Avatar does uh, yes. later that we'll we'll get to eventually. Yeah, it's just um, a shame that the whole episode wasn't the framing of Varric just going through and making stuff up about you know all the things that happened in the la- in the other episodes. It should have been that. Right, like they kind of so they give like uh, Mako, Korra, and Bolin. Like, they're each of them get to sort of recap different elements of the story. Um, you know, so it starts off with Mako sort of recapping his story to Wu, but it's all just the love triangle bullshit, you know? Um, right, well, because that's first, that's all that really is important about Mako's story, right? right. Like, his copness barely plays into the plot at all. <laughs> right. And Mako's role in the story has always been and will always be. To be a foil for the girl characters because they date him and then they dump him. Right. Or, yeah, that's that's basically it. 
Um, and, you know, we get to really, and, you know, so Mako's the one telling the story, so he's trying to paint himself in the best light, but I do like the fact that, you know, everyone he's telling the story to is like, oh, Mako, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, you are awful to well, these it just, girls. It was such a confusing love triangle that never, that, that never resonated, and we've, we've explained why, so we don't have to get into yeah. that. Do you want to just skip it? Yeah, um, I do want to, I do want to point out the best line, though, um, where, you know, Wu is kind of like, I don't know anything about you, Mako. Like, you never talked to me. <laughs> I'm not like you, Mako. I wasn't raised by a pack of cops in the woods. <laughs> Right, because he's just such a bland character. He's such a cop. He's like, he's just a cop. He seems like he was. I'm just a cop, (laughs) and life is a nightmare. (laughs) He was just birthed out of a cop machine, and again, it's kind of crazy that he's like this, considering he grew up as a street urchin, you know, who worked for like a gang. Anyway, um. Yeah, that's basically all that happens. And then it cuts to the the cor- the Cora story where she continues to just have this existential crisis about like, am I a good avatar? Am I a good avatar? Yeah, and, I and mean... this one basically just recaps all of the enemies and what happened with each of them. But it also starts with Asami bringing Cora tea. Great, she's <laughs> she's a tea bringer. I, their relationship is not interesting to me. It's fine. You can't just throw lesbians at me and and expect me to immediately be invested. I mean that that's a shame because I am always invested in some lesbians personally. There are boring lesbians in the world, you know that. There are, but I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just exciting to see some. You don't see them a lot. In any case, like I, I think this is like a weird one too because th- there's some. They try to make it have some kind of resolution. Where, you know, Cora's like, oh man, everything that I do turns to shit. And we're like, yeah, you're right, Cora, that's true. You know, <laughs> it's like, almost like yeah, you're I a character. Amon. Yeah, I defeated Amon, but that was basically dumb luck. And then I defeated Unalak, but he's the one who tricked me into releasing Unalak, or, uh, all, you know, Vatu and all those spirits. Vatu in the, in the first place. And if I so hadn't that done was that, like kind of a wash. then Zaheer... And then the, in the third one, yeah, like, they were only after me, so if I didn't exist, you know, there wouldn't have been any problem with the... the... And I didn't even defeat the, the, the stupid Terror Square, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Red Lotus. The Red Lotus. I'm using Varric's term for them. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, she should, she's right to be questioning whether the Avatar has any purpose in the world, but, you know, then Tenzin just comes in and is like, yeah, there will always be new enemies, and... Doesn't mean you're pointless. No, it's all pretty pointless, but I guess you can learn from it, I don't know. Yeah, that's basically Korra's story. Then we get the good one, which is Varric and Bolin, where uh, Varric goes, no, 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 you're emphasizing the wrong story beats, <laughs> and proceeds to create the uh, he, mover. He Hollywoodizes it. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, so all the villains team up in, in Varric's version, and it's great, and it's just, they're all on like a... Right, it's kind of like an abridged series almost, you know, you guys remember abridged series, that craze? <laughs> it was, it was so basically zombie an abridged zombie Amon, because he has to come back from the dead, because he was already killed, and then it's, uh, Unalak, but it's the version of Unalak from the, the Mover. movers, not yeah. the... From the propaganda films. But also, they, they don't even really want to team up with him. <laughs> Right, he sucks. He's like the shitty villain that no one cares about. 
Um, and it's just like Vatu and uh, Zaheer. Yeah, and so... And Zaheer's voice actor is just having like a great time. Like, oh, he's yeah. just cracking up and just being like, yeah, what, what a loser that guy is. <laughs> and uh, they're just talking on the phone, which really works. It's I, I so good. It's very funny to me. They just do like the four-way <laughs> phone call split screen and it's just delightful. <laughs> Um, God, I don't even know what else happens. Well, he he, he turns into a musical at one point. Uh, yeah. You know, Bolin singing, Oh, where can I find a teacher? Yeah. Um, and it's and I really like the way that he describes the season two finale because he has Bolin turn into a giant person. Oh, yeah. And just pastes his face over Chorus. Like, that's the best part is they truly do just put Bolin's face over top of the Korra, giant Korra animation. <laughs> and, then, and then he gets saved by the queen of the fairies. <laughs> which is which Jinora. Is just Jinora. <laughs> <laughs> right, because, like, what is she? I don't know, Queen of the <laughs> Fairies? It yeah. doesn't matter. And <laughs> uh, um, Yeah, so basically, it's this amazing story. Oh, and then he turned into a dragon, and he flew into the spirit world, and he saved Korra at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's delightful. It was, it was so delightful. <laughs> and I'm so glad they saved it for last, because if that came first, and then I had to listen to, like, Mako's love triangle crap after this, I would, like... Turn the yeah, but it should off. have been the whole episode. It should have you know? been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Udalak turned into magic dust. <laughs> and that's where stars come from. All right. And I just love the end because Bolin's like, that's not how any of that happened. What are you talking about? And, uh, you know, Steve Bloom's character just is like, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, man. No, that's uh, what Varric says. Oh, and does Varric say Steve that? Steve Bloom says... Yeah, Varric says that, and then Steve Bloom is like, don't think about it, it's just a mover. Yeah. <laughs> just a story, man, don't think about it. And it's the writer's desperate plea to get us to stop thinking about Korra, because none of it makes any sense. Yeah, and uh, I think that's where we leave it. Uh, next time, maybe Korra will actually do something. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, and that's where we'll leave you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see you next time for we've got another Avatar two parter coming up, um, and some yep. more Korra things where stuff actually happens this time. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll see you soon. You can tweet at us at Talking Tropes uh, or comment on this this uh, podcast. I almost called it a video. Wherever you find it, and um, hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye.